You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live Portraits, featuring intimate, in-depth interviews with Black Hollywood stars and influencers. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live Portraits, Dario Kristen. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're watching Black Hollywood Live Portraits. I'm your host, Dario Kristen, and here joining me in the studio today is Courtney Stewart. Hello, everybody. DJ Jesse J. What's up? And our special guest that we are super excited about. You know him from the cult classic, The Last Dragon. Oh. He's a martial arts artist guru. He's an actor. He's a legend. Ty Mock is in the house with us today. Woo! Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm, it's a pleasure to be here. This place is awesome. We just gave him the full tour, so he's like pretty impressed with the studio setup. That's right. TMZ <laughs> needs to come down here. TMZ <laughs> needs to get here. We do not need TMZ up in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, we were just talking about uh, Europe, and I know that as a young kid, that's you kind of spent some of your time there in Europe and in New York. How did you get introduced into the business? Well, uh, my parents, you know, my mother worked at the Apollo when she was a kid, and her friends were people like Sam Cooke, Jackie Wilson, and, um, you know, all of them, all of them, James Brown. And my father, he's Italian, he, he was a singer, a doo-wop. And um, they were already involved with that community and in that community. And um, I got into it. It, it was kind of a thing that, um, you know, kind of martial arts was my passion as a kid. Uh, because my brother used to beat me up all the time. <laughs> so um, we both did martial arts, but I stuck with it. And when I saw um, Bruce Lee, it really impassioned me to really get into it even deeper and take it more seriously. Um, but in the entertainment industry, I got in uh, kind of through the martial arts and when I got The Last Dragon. Did you, uh, I mean, with your family being so into music did they ever try to push you into that direction at well, all well yeah, my, my my parent my father wasn't singing my mother was not they were all it was almost like my mother was a parts. socialite she she was friends with all these people okay. you know so it wasn't so much that she my father was a singer but they were more um when when my mother and father met they my father didn't sing anymore he was more in he was a salesman and my um my parents were just in that community so uh, i just met all of them when i was a kid you know Dan, you know james brown david uh, Bowie, all these people, wow. you know. Yeah, when I was a little kid. What are some of your best memories of meeting? I mean, these were David Huge. Bowie. Yeah, I'm like, James yeah. Brown. Like, uh, do you remember? Them, Did you know them. I danced on stage with Jane Brown when I was six. Oh, you know? wow. My mother used to cook for you her. Know. She was a chef, my mother, soul food chef. Um, they were, I mean, every last, I mean, I was at Woodstock when I was a little kid. I remember naked people running around, loud music, <laughs> loud music, you know. I didn't know they were on drugs, but, <laughs> but they must have been. Um, no, I, I mean, all of that, all of that. It was just, it was a big, beautiful, uh, um, it's like, uh, it's artwork, you know? It was like artwork. Uh, I remember waking up, uh, Zoe Bowie was David Bowie's son, and my mother used to spend a lot of time hanging out with uh, Angie Bowie, which was her husband, her wa his wife back at the time in the early 70s. And um, I remember I wanted to hang out with his son, and they told me to go wake David up. And I went in his room and woke him up, and I, he actually does have two different color eyes, and I remember that. You know, he was a nice, That's what he was, he was known really for. Nice, yeah, and people used to always nice think that, that was fake. You know, right. that he had a contact in. That's right, right. 
<laughs> now, since you lived in both diff- both places, Europe and New York, w- did you have one as a kid that you enjoyed a little bit more than the other, or I mean, yeah, both so I enjoyed different. Europe more, uh, but I there are things about America that you can't touch. You know, it's just uh, the the it's a certain level of a, a dream. I, I I think America is more like the dream place. Yeah. You know, and Europe is more like the dream. Yeah. <laughs> you know you it, you know what I mean it's like that's more what I my take on it. You know. Yeah. And then you said Bruce Lee was pretty influ- influential in your life growing up. Did you want to emulate his career as a kid and be like, you know? Yeah, everybody l- did. Yeah, <laughs> every everybody, even non-martial arts women. Women were like, <laughs> you know, that whole thing. He was a genius. You know, he was a genius of martial arts, and and uh, he was very charismatic. And he was the first, the first person to really break that boundary. You know, that race racism that was going on. And yeah. uh, he was the first one to really break it. And uh, broke right through it you know became a top um box office draw uh and he was asian yeah he changed when they the were doing completely. all that he he ha 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 right. goofy stuff yeah. with asian people he, and he was like no dubs. we could be cool too <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then jim kelly was uh his he was influenced by bruce lee and they were really close friends as well was he someone who you emulated especially with him being an african-american martial yes, artist yes he was a great looking guy and uh, we saw him in enter the dragon and he was just phenomenal he had the whole uh classic line i'll be too busy looking good <laughs> <laughs> you know and then uh i saw the black dragon which i was it was a, he, he we in, actually we didn't train together for many years but i just did a event ron van cleef actually ron van cleef yeah. the grandmaster ron van cleef i trained with him all through my youth and um there was a a fantastic uh, uh, expo in New York that I was honored with. Um, Ron Van Cleef, Michael Jai White, Michelle Hu, uh, Ben Ramsey, the writer Ben Ramsey, and um, my, uh, I said Michael Jai, Fred the Hammer uh, Williams. Oh, wow. So that was, uh, that was uh, an event thrown by Demetrius um, Angelo. And it was, uh, it was fantastic because they were, they were recognizing uh, black and uh, other cultures in in action in action film and indie action films especially. So look out if, look out for it in the future. I think it's going to be something special. It doesn't happen in New York very often. Anything like that or anywhere that I know. Of. After training under Ron Van Cleef, what was some of like the most key things that you learned from him? Uh, you know, if if you feel. <laughs> Uh, you know, don't let them hit you first. <laughs> you know, you know. Um, he he was a, a, a master fighter. You know, he was a, from the military, and he was a, an amazing athlete as well. Uh, so you know, these days there are more athletics and martial arts. But back in when he was coming up in the 70s, 60s, and 70s, he uh, focused more on the athletic side and the strength and conditioning side um, than other martial artists. You know. And uh, I was impressed with the training, and it was very, it was like the military. Yeah. Um, but uh, his bottom line is never give up, you know. And uh, that was that stuck, you know. Never give up. You know, you have, you know, he had a lot of heart, you know. It's, you had a lot of heart, you know, a lot of. Uh, so you just, there's, it's not in, in our blood, you yeah. know. And I look at it as rather than saying never give up, I say, see, see the light, see it. It's, it's right there. It's, it's like a, there's an image I have of a guy with a pitchfork underneath the ground. Oh, yeah. And yep. you see him breaking, trying to break through, and then he gives up. And on the other side, there's a yeah. whole bunch of diamonds. And, he, and you get an image of him walking away. And that's how it is in life. That, you know, we, a lot of people give up right before the, 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 um, the treasure yeah. or the victory. You know? That's true. Is there something that you uh, 
Is there a time where you, I mean, as a martial artist, it's a very disciplined activity. So were there, as a kid, was there any times where it was kind of like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore? And what was it that no. kind of kept you pushing? <laughs> it was never. I, I, I couldn't get enough of it, you know. You know, you know, luckily I found what, you know, I love, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I think that's what everybody uh, can find that, you know. I think, uh, you know, you just have to find, even if you don't know what it is, just, you know, find out things that make you feel good. Hopefully they're not uh, something right. that's bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like cocaine. Right, right. That makes you feel good. Right. Well, no, crack, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you find something, you know, it could even be that way. You know, I love hanging around uh, the park, you know. You know, and then maybe something in that arena, that field that, you know, you could be, a, you know, in that field, something, something around that. Or, you know, I just, when I see water, I just feel, you know, invigorated. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't have to find a specific um you know, career, you know, uh, but if you find something that, you know, y- you love that you really, then you'll connect with it. Yeah. You know? And that's what I found out early when I was a kid, you know, I just fell in love with martial arts and, you know, my brother was whipping my butt all the time. So that was another <laughs> yeah, reason. <laughs> and it probably kept you out of a lot of trouble, you know, I mean, <laughs> well, I, cause yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. much discipline that's involved with martial arts and just the training of it. I have several friends who were involved with it as mm-hmm. well. And, and they were different than all the other kids. I mean, mm-hmm. it was almost like they were, they were mature beyond their age just because of the fact that they had so much extensive training. Yeah, it was tough for me because I grew up in the disco era. And there were so many great places in New York City at that time that you're like 15, 16, and you're like a kid jumping around, and you're so happy to be, uh, you know, you had uh, Chaka Khan, you had Dinah Ross, you, you had every, uh, you know, you know, star that you can think of that are just at their prime, you know, Showing up at these clubs, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. I mean, Luther Vandross with the with the the, the, the mm-hmm. band called um, what's the name? Of the, uh, what's the name? I forgot the name of the band. Anyway, he was part of a group, and and there were so many um, people back then performing in these clubs, and there were lines around the block. So, uh, but I did, uh, th- you know, it's funny because a lot of the uh, bouncers and the security clubs were martial artists. So we would train sometimes in the club, uh, in the basement, <laughs> and we go out and dance. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just, it was something, you know. That's a night. That's staying in shape. Right. <laughs> Self-defense, too. You know, they hired me to bounce in clubs when I was a kid. It was crazy. Now, crazy. you moved from Europe back to New York, and then you won the New York State Kickboxing, kickboxing Championship. Championship. Yeah. Now, how did that feel to get that recognition <laughs> right? Well, you know? yeah, it was. I was very nervous because the guy came from Philly, and he was, you know, uh, I didn't have a lot of money, and I didn't have money to get all these beautiful outfits, and, and you know, you got the trainer and the cut man, all these guys. And you know, uh, when I came out, I just had my uh, my bottom, my uh, kickboxing pants, and the gloves were on me, and uh, warming up with a towel. And uh, when he came out, his whole crew were decked out. <laughs> and I said, "Oh man, these guys are real <laughs> professional, and you know, they, he must have like the best trainers." And, so, you know, that's what happens. You know, your mind starts to go to places and, and, you know, doubt starts to seep in. But when we came out, we were slugging at each other, like going crazy, trying to knock each other out. And um, in the middle of that, I said to myself, one of us is going to get knocked out <laughs> because we're just giving everything we can. And, you know, one of us, chin can't take all that. Right. So I backed away and he kept coming at me, but I bounced off the ropes, put my foot on his chest, dropped it off his chest and, and knocked him out with the right hand. So. And that 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 was like, you know, I was, it felt amazing. 
In other words, I don't want to fight you in the alley. I don't fight. Actually, I don't. I don't fight at all. Actually, I haven't had a fight in dozens of years. Over, well, over yeah, dozens people of... know who you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, but there's people out there that carry weapons. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. true. Do, what's your like? Uh, obviously, this is a small enough space for you not to do it. But do you have a favorite move that you like? Like that you? For me, growing yeah. up, there were artists like uh, I mean mine was more Power Rangers but there were I'm, I know because I'm serious I, yeah I was, I, Walter, did I was Walter the Black Kid in the Power Rangers the other day we were at a signing at the convention yeah. so is there a move that like I, it was the bicycle kick that I always was drawn to is there a move that you always wanted to learn that you were able to accomplish later um, well back then we were working on switch kicks and uh, uh, three kicks in the air like you do a split kick finish with a round kick and Issue those. Uh, Why don't you give us a sample? Go ahead, <laughs> yeah, with these ripped up jeans. Yeah, I yeah. might as well rip them some more, right? Or, 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 or Daryl, get or up. It's like a power punch. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Bruce Lee used to make the one punch, uh, one inch punch very popular. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, you know, right after you do it for many years, uh, you're just applying, uh, like right now, this style Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I'm just trying to make that more my own. You know, I'm in the beginning stages doing it a few years and, and just trying to find my way with it. So I haven't picked any. That's been uh, absorbing me the most right now, and I haven't picked uh, a specific technique. Uh, but one of the things I'm working on is uh, being uh, better from the bottom, which is most cats want to be on top and apply pressure to the person that's on the bottom trying to defend themselves. Mm -hmm. Because on the bottom, it's very, uh, it's, it's much more difficult because the cat is putting all his weight on you, and so forth. So, so. You know, that's what I'm working at. I looked at that as being an advantage. Once you really learn how to defend yourself on the bottom, then you'll feel much more free. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm uh, focusing on right now. And as far as, like, kind of going from different styles, uh, is it harder almost? Like, when you've become so good at one style yeah. to kind of switch your gears and to yeah. learn something like now jiu-jitsu. So is it difficult with certain types of movement or? Yeah, for me, uh, martial arts and uh, is is – when I was younger, it was more of an ego thing. It was more like, I want to be the best fighter. I want to be strong. I want to look good. Now it's um, more, it's a spiritual journey. So uh, learning uh, a new style allows me to be vulnerable. So that I can apply that in my life, you know, that I don't know everything, mm -hmm. you know, because the ego is very tricky. You know, you, you start becoming better and better at something before you know it. It seeps into other areas of your life. That's true. So it keeps you down to earth. It keeps you real, you know. So I'm training in a new style. All these young cats, and um, and you know, there are times where I get frustrated because these guys have been training maybe ten years and they're amazing, and I I'm like, wow, this is this move. Uh, I'm having a tough time with it, and you know, and uh, Marcelo goes, yeah, the bottom is the hardest part. Dude. He just smiles <laughs> and laughs. I want to grab my thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's been doing it so long, you know. He says, yeah, the, the bottom's the hardest part to get. <laughs> and he walks away. And he laughs at me. So we, it, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, good luck, good luck. Go, keep working on it. Keep, keep, keep trying that. I like it. Yeah, I wish I had you with the stand-up stuff for, for a, a good amount of time so you can see how that hard that is. But yeah, yeah, for me, it's just allowing me to practice being vulnerable. And, and, and the benefits is I'm learning something brand new. And how much time... Oh, oh go, go, No, you know what, Courtney, go ahead. <laughs> I was just curious. You said that at this point it's sort of more of a spiritual journey for you as opposed to just, you know, trying wanting to look good and make the move. What was sort of the catalyst for that change for you? Growing up and seeing that that's a, a, time, that's a, a priceless endeavor, you know, to, uh, to you know, put the, to have an opportunity to put your ego to the side, you know, 
Because when, you, when you're able to do that, then you're able to engage in something bigger than yourself. It's, then you get, that's where all the juice is. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, uh, it's like the whole, you know, cliche, but the, the cup half empty, <laughs> vis-a-vis the cup full. Yeah. You, know, you know, when you think you know everything, there's nothing you can learn. You know, so that's kind of the spiritual journey I've taken. I want to learn more. That's what's great about life is there's so much to learn. You know, if you think you know everything, then you might as well just kick it out right now and say, let me go in my coffin. <laughs> <laughs> and how much training does it take for you? Like like a week for each week. How, how much time are you in the gym and how, how much stuff are you doing yeah, every day? They, how many with hours? With Marcelo's spot, I, I started to see the guys, the 19-year-olds coming in twice a day. And I said, damn. And it was funny because I was in the locker room, and the, one of the kids was like, "You, what's, I said, man, I'm in my late 40s. I don't need to be doing no twice a day. He's like, <laughs> he's like what are you, making excuses? He was like, I was like, man, you're, he was like 20 years old. He's like, man, you're 20. I was like, you're 20. And then you know, I said, you know what? I can do anything. What am I talking about? Yeah. I'm the dragon. You are the <laughs> dragon. <laughs> so, so I started doing twice a day. And then I came up to him. I said, you know, it's funny. I, you know, you were you know, ragging with me, and, and you're getting on my nerves telling me I could do twice a day, no problem. And then uh, I started training. I said, thank you. He said, oh, he goes, that's funny. I was just teasing you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so thank you, Diego. Diego made it happen. Yeah. <laughs> now, you uh, went on to do uh, The Last Dragon, which we talked about a little bit earlier, which was a cult classic, one of my favorite movies. Thank you. Um, and uh, it had a lot of success. I mean, you worked with Vanity, Princess Protégé from Vanity Six. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry Gordy was the executive producer and found it Found you, actually, correct? He handpicked you for the role, from what I understand. What was it like to work with Barry Gordy? It was very interesting. You know, he's, uh, you know, when you meet a a tycoon or someone that's at the top of their field, there's always, uh, it's always interesting to me, you know? So uh, he put me, took me under his wing. He made me family, you know, and you meet all the different Motown artists, you know, hanging out with Diana Ross, you know, watching TV, and then there's Smokey Robinson's over there. You know, you got the four tops, you know, and you're goofing around with all these people. And, and you know, uh, it, it was just interesting. It was interesting, you know. And then you, but you did, I did recognize the talent he had. You know, Michael yeah. Schultz directed the movie. Um, I had a, you know, a lot of contact with uh, Barry Gordy, and, and he had uh, a lot of talent in recognizing, like, uh, you know, the gold. And, and, and he could tell talent. You know, he was very good at picking talent. The glow. He recognized the glow. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> now, did you, I uh, know at the time you didn't have a lot of acting experience. Mm-hmm. Was there a lot of pressure? Did you feel pressure to be leading this major film, especially with, you know, with Barry Gordy and even Vanity at the time, who was pretty big? Mm-hmm. Um, was there a pressure for you being a young, I think you would say you were around 20 years old? 19, yeah, 19. yeah. Going on 20. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of pressure. You know, imagine you're 19 and all of a sudden you get the lead role in a major motion picture. And they don't you hire guys to play, you know, superheroes like that. And even today, you know, you don't get it. Yeah. You know? And then uh, you, you're starring opposite, you know, the hot, you know, whatever, whatever. And uh, then you got guys that hate you for it. They, they just yeah. hate you. <laughs> they hate you. <laughs> I hate that guy. And I'm like, oy vey, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, it was just um, the pressure was taking on a character that you were like, what the hell is this guy? Yeah. You know? I mean, I do not wish to do this. I do not wish to do that. It was like very, I couldn't make it my own. Mm-hmm. And then they got an acting coach with me. And then um, I finally started, you know, just having fun with it. You know, I'm just doing the character. I mean, I still, when I was doing it, I didn't get it as the, with the depth I have now. I, you know, it was really interesting. 
Was it hard to go out after that? You became so popular, and did people mistake you for your character in the sense that they thought that you were your character in real life? Um, not exactly, because New York is very is sophisticated when it comes to filmmaking True. and all that stuff. So we lived in New York, you know, me and my family. And, but uh, but they did. Uh, they were like, you know, wow. This, you know, when people would meet me, it was, you know, I was kind of popular in, in high school, but. But it was a whole nother level when you step out and Rick James sees you in a party. He goes, Tymok! <laughs> Get your ass over here, boy! Did you know this nigga is? You know? And I'm like, this is Rick James screaming at me. And I don't want to say, he said, B-I-T-J, get your, come over here! You know who this man is? Yeah, he was driving crazy. You know? <laughs> you know, so those kind of things would happen and I'd be like, okay. You know? And then you get all the, you know, the groupies and Con artists and everything yeah, starts to come over because you're supposed to be the new thing, and, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I've never experienced anything like that. It was very strange. I, was, I just turned 20, so it was very. I didn't know what to make out of it. I think you need a T-shirt now because see, I, all I have in my head is the Rick James <laughs> quotes. And I, I was I thinking that I'm Rick James. You, bitch. So now you need to say Rick. Your T-shirt needs to say something like Rick James yeah, said this to me, and then like from put on these night, quotes. He was from that night. My name. Any place he saw me, and it was so funny. He was so loud. <laughs> <laughs> but he was so. But he had such a. Yeah, he was so charismatic. What you know, was he, one of your favorite moments, kind of working on set? Well, behind the scenes, there was a few. One of them was working with Vanity. <laughs> yes. You know, the other was uh, Julius Carrion, and you know, and, oh, wow. um, and uh, the other one was Leo, who played my little brother. Of course, Julius and Leo passed away. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there were the Italian guys. Offset, they were cracking me up because they didn't like one of the guys. I'm not gonna say who it was. Not one of the actors, but behind the camera. But the Italian guys, the guys with Eddie Arcadian's henchmen, they would like, "Yo, Timok, he's a peckerhead, didn't he? He's a peckerhead." <laughs> they would like speak like Guidos, and it was so funny. <laughs> oh man, we were just laughing all the time. And you and Vanity seem to have a lot of chemistry on the screen. Was there any maybe romantic things going on off the uh, screen as well? You know she's a preacher now. She yes. is. I, I'm actually Facebook friends with her. Yes, <laughs> Facebook, I, I met her. I met, I, met her. I met her, and uh, she was she became a Facebook friend after that. She's really was a beautiful woman then, and is just as beautiful now. What does she say when she Facebooks you? Uh, when she, she talks. S- well, she sends just different. Little- Things about things about doing. life and yeah, those type of things. Tell her I said time, give time a call, not a text. I, w- I would definitely say that. <laughs> not a text. <laughs> not a text. A phone call. <laughs> but what, what, all right, so you had a lot of me- uh, fun memories. But what was something that you know you were a new actor going into this? Did, and as a martial artist, what did you learn from the movie? Well, from the movie, from uh, working on set with other actors, martial uh, artists. I learned that it's just crazy. I didn't learn anything. <laughs> it was just crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's too much uh, going on. You're too young. Uh, but what I learned, uh, you know, uh, I read uh, there was Elia Kazan was one of the top uh, filmmakers back in the day on the waterfront. You know, he worked with James Dean and, you know, all these, he made these guys stars, you know, Marlon Brando. And uh, he wrote a really thick book and uh, it was his life. And he said, you know, the most important thing in, in the industry is not so much that the, the talent, because I was focused on. You know, I was going to acting classes, acting coaches, and I was looking at becoming a better actor all the time. And the, But he said, you know, it's really a community, so you have to learn how to be with people, yeah. you know? And that always stuck in my head, you know? And there's some people that it is very difficult to be with. I might have been one of them. But, you know, it, it, but, and there are people that are Were there some on set that you had? <laughs> well, you know, there's just, that's just the way it is on every set. There's, you know... 
it's really that you want to set and nobody's uh, everybody's even killed really. everybody has their needs and wants and desires and it's a very passionate uh you know art you know filmmaking so and i and i have no problem with it. someone's screaming at me and all that I, you know and in new york a lot of uh, in the theater a lot of people would be screaming at each other and they'd be like okay now let's go mm-hmm. rehearse yeah you know where someplace else they're like, oh my god did you hear it <laughs> an a-hole Oh my God! You know that was like the West Coast and East Coast. Mm-hmm. You know, the East Coast, like, listen, you f and a hole, you did that scene three times, and then you come to LA, like, Jesus, don't you ever, you know? We're gonna file papers. <laughs> you know, so um, yeah, but that's basically what I learned is, uh, you know, you know, that kind of connects that's with martial cool. arts is like, you know, being with me, being with you is, you know, you got martial arts. It's really about being with your community and, and other martial artists. You know, yeah. so you have to learn how to be with people. And then Leo O'Brien, who played your little brother, Richie, uh, as we mentioned, he passed away last year. Mm-hmm. Had you guys stayed in contact with each other through the years? Yeah, that was a tough one for me. They were, they were both tough, but that one was really tough because I, you know, he got shot in Harlem uh, about a year and a half before he died. And uh, that's kind of, he was always, of course, younger than me, so we weren't on the same page. Uh, but when he got, when I heard that he got shot, I went and visited him, and he was, so happy, and I was happy to see him, and he jumped out of the bed. It still, it, there was blood coming out of his, from the staples in his belly. He said, oh, let me get, you want some water? I get some water. And I was like, Leo, what are you doing? I actually took my camera out, took a picture of him, walking down there in the hallway. Getting, I said, Leo, just get your butt back in bed. You know, and then um, uh, he, you know, I, I was writing a film, and I, I said, let's rehearse some scenes because I want to write you in it. You know, and he just, as soon as we were rehearsing, he still had that same charisma. It was like <laughs> like he'd been acting ever since. You know, he's just natural, natural, yeah. natural. He had the gift. Someone say something, he'd come right back, and he'd look back, he'd look at me, look at, you know, he just, he just was natural. Uh, so his, you know, and then he passed away, and I heard about that from his son, and it was just very uh, touching. But, you know, I, you know, life is about death and life and life and death. So yeah. and it's, it's, it moves on. You, it's always flowing. It's cool. It is, yeah. Um, but he was a great You take talent. the great stuff. You take the great stuff. Now, there's rumors that there is a remake being Everybody scheduled keeps, for The Last Dragon. Don't you know by now? Like everybody asks that question for the past. <laughs> it's been since 2008. Yeah, yeah. they say somebody, Sam, Everybody Samuel should Jackson, know right now. They've been, but everybody Rihanna. should know right now that nothing's happened yet. No. And do you think it's going to happen? What do I know? Would you like it <laughs> Would to Would you happen? like it to happen? I don't really care, to tell you the <laughs> truth. I'm too busy having a good time. I hear that. And I'm would, having a great time. If it does happen, would you would want you, to be involved? That's like saying, if you meet, you know, it's like, who knows? You know, you come to a place where, you know, money isn't your God, fame isn't your God. You know, it's just, you come to that place and it's just like, let's just have fun. Yeah. You know, and if you can have, if it's, if it's fun and you can make some money too, then I'm, I'm all about it. You know, you know, the movie won't be perfect. It wouldn't be perfect because you're doing a remake. No such thing as a perfect remake because it's like, you know, you make you make a great, amazing meal like it's the best meal ever, and then you try to implicate yeah, you try you try to duplicate that same exact meal. It's not going to happen. Yeah. But you can make another meal and have it be great. So that's basically the way I look at it. Well, I'm sure a lot of fans would be happy to see it and see you in it. <laughs> and a lot of fans would not like to yeah. see it too because they're so stuck on the, the other original. One. Right. But, but if and we like are in a said, place of where people mess up. Remakes, right, you know, right. So, so yeah. if they, you know, Devon Franklin is the guy in charge of uh, on that project over at Sony, and uh, his wife, um, the actress, yeah, uh, um, Megan Good, Megan Good, 
you know, she's talented and you know, she's doing her thing. He always said he wants to do that. So, you know, it's up to him really to make that happen. You know, I'm an actor. I'm not. You know, I'm not the person that owns the rights of that film. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, it may. It may. It might happen. I mean, he. He seems like he has a good sense of integrity. You know, around that, wanting to do a good job. Well, that. Oh, go ahead, You said something uh, about writing a script. Uh, when did you start getting into that side of the entertainment? Um, uh, you know, people say I have talent in writing, but I uh, personally do not like to write. I like to act and direct and things like that. But um, it's more of a chore to me to be in front of a computer. Mm-hmm. You know, I like being with people and that type of thing. But um, I, I was writing poetry many years ago. And then uh, uh, I, was, I did a, a, a draft of a, a sequel to The Last Dragon about 15 years ago. And, so, and then we, me and another writer worked on a, a treatment for another upgrade. It's like a re- reboot of The Last Dragon just a, a year ago. Um, and I wrote two scripts uh, uh, not too long ago. One is a superhero character called The Professor, and that's an action film. The other one's a detective cor- a story called I've Seen Things. Mm. Yeah, so. And I got my agent, uh, Lynne Bell, and Sheila Leggett over at Media Artists Group, and they're working with me getting that out there. So have you found kind of a niche for it in which you don't look at it as a chore anymore? Like it's kind no, of No, it's still a chore. Yeah. You know, it's still a chore. I mean, um, uh, because it's a hundred and something pages. If it was uh, poetry, <laughs> you, you get over, you get everything out, ah! and then it's there. Okay, it's like a page or maybe a, a couple of pages of Moses of poetry or whatever, and uh, it's done, you know? But with a film script, it's not. It's 100-plus pages, you know? So, you know, I don't get writer's block because I don't try to control where the story's going. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a framework which I work from, and it has to do with um, a beginning, middle, and end, and it's pretty much the formula of all scripts. However, uh, uh, I, I try to m- make, I make the characters multidimensional, and that's my training that I got from Richard Lawson and Jeffrey Tambor and... Of course, the late Milton, great Milton Caselis at the Beverly Hills Playhouse, you know, they really were great at working on developing your character. So that's, I take my acting experience and put it into the writing. And, and then uh, I, I, one of the keys is, for me, is, you know, I, I heard one director say once, you know, he said, you know, if you make a movie and you're going to write a movie, don't make it good. Make sure you write a great movie. Yeah. So when I thought about that, I said, okay, so, you know, what would it be great? And then when people read it and they say, well, that's great, then, you, you know, just because you think it's weird. <laughs> I'm a great dancer. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then you look at them, who's dancing? Jesus. <laughs> so there's already so there's talk about a Last Dragon uh, sequel, and you already have a script for it, so... Maybe merge them together. Yeah, what's, wow. what's, yeah that sounds like I mean, a nice you, little... And hey, lots uh, of people have said right it's Steven great. Spielberg. Right, yeah. exactly. Steven, if you're George listening. George Lucas. Uh, who else is out there? We can throw Quentin Tarantino, throw a little Tarantino. twist. Tarantino! Throw a twist on the Last Tarantino. Dragon. He's the man. Tarantino's the man. And so, okay, you work with Vanity, but you've also worked with Janet Jackson. Let's wait a while. Yeah, she was the guy who made her let's wait a while. Tell us about that experience. How wait a long while. I don't, th- I don't think Janet's waiting anymore. <laughs> I don't know. You get- I haven't seen Janet in a long time, but I wish her all the best. How did you get and involved with that project? You know, I met Janet when, I, when she was young and... Um, you know, she actually saw me in a parking lot, and she was like, mm, mm, mm. And actually, but I heard it, but she didn't think I heard it. And then uh, there was a guy named Spar- Sparky. Uh, what was his name? Uh, he was working at Motown. He was, like, uh, he was like a gay guy. He was like, 
time out, Jana wants to speak to you. And I was like, oh, you know, whatever. <laughs> it was cool, you know. You know, it's like your ego is like, oh, well, Jana likes me. <laughs> and then uh, years went by because uh, she, she was married, you know. And um, an opportunity came up where she had a video and she wanted me to play her boyfriend in it. And that was led to wait a while. Now, was she as, as shy as she appeared during that time? Why don't you ask her? <laughs> <laughs> say, hey, I'm going to have her on the show and I'm going to ask her. Say, Janet, are you as shy as you appeared? She might put you up on that table. You watch out. Hey, listen. <laughs> it's VHL. Anything. We're open anything at VHL. VHL, baby. VHL, baby. Keep it real. You just put a big smile on my face. We don't have to be in Europe to be freaky. I know, black blushing. I like that. Black blushing. You've also worked with Madonna. Right. And was it on her Drown World Tour? I choreographed a number on her Drown World, her doing martial arts. And how was that experience working on the tour? It was great. She's a very hard worker. You know? Yes. So it was like you know, you know, you know, you have her do. So she, you know, she's a, she was a dancer, so she knew that things took, you know, practice. You know, so that was cool. I introduced her husband to to martial arts. He's actually pretty advanced now in uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So is that g- guy yeah, Richie? Guy Richie. Okay. Yeah, I brought him over to my friend's studio, the jiu-jitsu school in Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills Jiu-Jitsu Academy on Robertson. Marcos Vinicius, wonderful mm. guy, and he's like. Oh wow! Gary was like, "Wow, this is good, Bob. Wow. Oh, this is just amazing, mate." And I said, "Yeah, well, you should stick around. He might teach you something." And he goes, oh, "I might just do that." And he hasn't stopped since. It's been like over ten years. Wow! wow. And that's such a different side of the the business. I mean, you, I, martial arts is one thing, but then like kind of that dance choreography is different. Is there one that? Well, I was doing martial arts. Are you still doing martial? Oh, that's what you do. That was you're a doing the, martial the scenes from martial. Okay. I, I did the number Sky Fits Heaven with with Madonna. Okay. And is that a challenge for you to kind of transition from actor to go to mar- to martial arts to no, direct? No, no, no. Yeah, it's like, you know, comb your hair, you brush your teeth. You know? It's all in one. Got it all. Now, from The Last Dragon, you also had several different TV roles. You were on Different World, uh, Third Watch, right. Beverly Hills, 90210. Debbie Allen. Debbie Allen. And you worked with her a couple of times as well. It's like bigger than life. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, um, that was interesting. Actually, Chris Summer and Sinbad hit me up on Twitter the other day, and I just spoke to Sinbad this morning from that show. Actually, you know, <laughs> we did the show. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, they were they were really cool. And what was your maybe one of your favorite sets to be on when you were doing television? Uh, you know, there was some funny. I did a small thing on a. Uh, there was a bunch, of, but Malcolm Eddy was really funny because at that time, uh, right before that, Malcolm, uh, not Malcolm, uh, Eddie Griffin, and Martin Lawrence. They were struggling comedians over at the comedy store. And they were fans of mine. They were like, Time Out, Time Out, you got to come see us, man. We're doing our thing. You got to come see us, man. And they were so funny. So, uh, you know, I did a play uh, with, with uh, Martin and a bunch of other cats and, uh, on La Siena. I got a theater over here years ago. And um, I, went, I, I just would pick up Eddie because he didn't have a car at the time. And I came, over, I came to pick him up one time. It was like, I don't know, it was very, very late. And there was like two people sitting in front of the stage and just like this. And I saw the back of their heads just drink. They weren't laughing. <laughs> but he was on his back with his feet in the air cracking up. He, that was funny, right? That was funny. <laughs> he was cracking up and these people were just... <laughs> he was amazing. And then, so, but that's, that was part of the theater experience? Or the play? Well, no, that was uh, at the comedy show. That was the comedy, the comedy show. show. But I don't know. I got lost. You remind me of what the hell is. <laughs> You're like, what were we talking about again? No, so, well, we were talking about the television shows that you appeared on. And you right, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was the, the 
some of the fun moments. Yeah, I'd have to think about that. I mean, there were there was so many, you know, so many. There's so many talent. You know, when you're around a lot of talented people, and uh, it's just, uh, you know, you, you know, it's, you become a voyeur sometimes on a set. You're like, you're laughing at, at, or being impressed by other people's talent. And then you took on in a different world. You kind of took on a very serious subject. You were right. uh, played a, a, a date rapist. Mm-hmm. How did you kind of prepare for that role, which is such a heavy subject? And, yeah, you know, that's... yeah. Well, you know, Debbie Allen. Um, you know, I talked to her, and then also, you know, I played this goody-goody character in um, The Last Dragon, and, and I was like, oh, well, you know, let's shock the audience, and shock these fans a bit. And I, you know, that I think of it, I shouldn't have did that because they, they game became so close and so warm to Bruce Leroy yeah. that you know you don't want to break that image. So in the future, I wouldn't do something like that. But you know, I was saying I want to do acting roles. You want to act. Actor, about the money, <laughs> you know, it's about being that great actor. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to show I could do a uh, bad guy, you know. So that was. Cool. Is there a role that you would like to kind of take on that you haven't? Um, I like these uh, warrior roles because I feel like I'm a warrior. Like, like three hundred. Yeah, warrior. yeah, something like that. You know, where you're bleeding and there's no water and you know. <laughs> you, you know? But they need to catch on new season of Game the, of Thrones. And, and, your, and your woman, and your woman is like back at the castle, and and, and there's a guy that wants to get with her, and you want to get back there, but there's no water. <laughs> All right, so you get it, warrior. We're, we're putting there's, down the universe. There's some eagle biting your leg, and you know, <laughs> you know and you're like kicking him, and you're like, I'm gonna get back to my woman. <laughs> and then there's a guy with a mustache out there with your woman, and you're like, it's yeah. But yeah, I'd love to do something like that. Note yeah. to self once again, do not fight this man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a love, I'm if a he's lover. in the alley, go the opposite direction. I only enjoy fighting in competition, not in yeah. real life. I only fight when, you know, yeah, when your family's being attacked or you're yeah. being attacked. Otherwise, you know, there's no ever a reason to fight, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, we, so we've kind of talked about your movie side of things. We've gone a little bit of television. And now I also know that you were heavily into plays. So you did the, the Roadhouse, the comedy, yeah. and which was a kind of a comedic version of Patrick Swayze's Roadhouse. Yeah. And then also uh, Cheaters would had a pretty right. star-studded ensemble as well. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love theater because uh, you get immediate reaction, you know. So it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's different, you know. With a film, you obviously you got to wait for it to come out. But with theater, you know, it's when you can embrace uncertainty, then you can have fun. Yeah. You can't embrace uncertainty. You become limited as an actor in the stage because, you know, things always go wrong. And sometimes uh, more experienced actors in theater, they'll make things go wrong just to throw you <laughs> because you're too on point. Yeah. And when you're too on point, you become predictable and the audience knows what's going to happen. When you don't know what's going to happen, that's what you're supposed to be doing as an actor anyway then the audience is going on a ride because they don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know? So uh, that's, you know, that's what I love about acting in general, but especially in theater, you have the opportunity not to not know. And, you know, you know the, 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 if there's supposed to be a couch on the set and the, and the guys were drunk from the other night and they didn't bring the couch <laughs> on the set, and you go, aren't I supposed to sit on the couch and eat? I guess I'm going to eat this three-course meal on the floor. <laughs> Whatever, 12-course meal. Yeah. So you know, when you can embrace it and have be light with it, then you can, and then, you know, then you you, know, you get really confident as an actor when you do stage. You That's know? what they say. They say theater is one of the best training for any actor, no it's matter. Confidence. It's the confidence and 
I also would assume that it also has to be a little scary because it's different from being on a set where if you need to do a, a retake, you can do it. Where if you're live theater and you mess up, right. you're vulnerable to everybody. So yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. that something that you felt or you just were pretty confident with you? Like, no, you know no, what? I you got got it. after doing like a bunch of plays, then you start realizing, okay, things go wrong. You can't go nuts. You can't leave the stage and all the people <laughs> look at where the act go. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that's where your confidence gets, you know. You actually find them as gifts. Yeah. You know, something goes wrong. Like, the, like I said, the couch isn't on the stage. You end up doing something on the floor and then it, be, it k- takes a new life, you know, because that's the thing. You know, you, you know, the audience. Yeah, and that's where the creativity comes in. You start yeah. just having the confidence that everything will work out because you know your role, and the other actor knows their role. Would you like to direct a play as well? I've directed some sh- some uh, one acts. I haven't directed a full length play, but I'd love to. You know, I, you know, you know, um, yeah, I'd love to. You know, let actors have a ball. You know, yeah. And is it e- is is it enjoyable for you to be on the kind of the opposite side? You know, as an actor. Obviously, you're you're kind of taking the notes from the director and from the script, but is it more fulfilling for you to come on the other side of the? the I like both, you know. I like both. It's just a creative process, and it, and and you you know, yeah. You know, when you're on the uh, other side, not in front of the camera or yeah. on stage, when you're there, you're it's like it's like you're the vegetables in the in, in the soup. Yeah, you're not the cook. When you're the cook, you can actually look and enjoy it, you mm-hmm. know, and eat it up and laugh. And <laughs> but when you're doing it, you, you know. You can't, you know, see it at the same time. Yeah. So that's the only thing. Like whenever I've done anything, I've always said, "said Man, I wish I was sitting in the audience seeing this because everybody else is enjoying it." You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I enjoy it, but you know, if you're playing a dramatic role, you're not enjoying it. Right, There's yeah. times that you're like crying, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then there was a period that you kind of took a little bit of time off from Hollywood. It seems like. Yeah. And what what were you doing during that time period? What What were your fans like recuperating? To hear from you? <laughs> I was in re re uh, rehabilitation, <laughs> brain damage. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, man. And Hollywood is a trip. You live here. Yeah, it is. Come on, give me a break. Come on. You oh, know? Yes. Yeah, you, you got all kinds of sharks out here. That is definitely yeah. true. And then to move from that to 2010, you know, being inducted to the Martial Arts Hall of Fame, what is that like? How do you stay so grounded as far as kind of being swooped? And, you know, you took this path of martial arts and where it has kind of led you. Yeah. How do you, how do you, what keeps you grounded? Well, you know, you are the responsibility for your own groundedness, not anybody yeah. else, you know? You know, you talk about all these big stars and say, well, it's the people around them. It's the no, it's you. It's you. <laughs> now, I can understand someone that is very, very young. But at some point, you know, in life, even if you grew up around it and, you you know, you have to, you know, you, you know that you have to stop doing certain things. You That's know? true. So, you know, basically everybody knows, you know, when they're being a little too much, you know. You walk in and, you know, someone is set and, Maybe the uh, PA made a mistake and gave you the wrong, you know, cup of coffee or and you were supposed to get tea and then you give them an ugly look. Why give them an ugly look? Just say, hey, man, I don't like coffee. I like tea. Yeah. Now give me some tea. <laughs> and he goes, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, and then you say, I'm just kidding. And then he laughs and, you, and you're like, and you make him feel relaxed, mm-hmm. you know, rather than giving him a hard time, you know, because he made a mistake, you know. So it's just, you know, it's common sense, you know. Look at the things happening in the world. Look at in, in, in the Philippines. Yeah, you know? it's craziness. That, anything could happen. Look, I was in New York. You had the Sandy. Anything could happen to anybody. Yeah. Look at the, uh, the Madoff. He made yeah. off with the, 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 made, the, the made people's money. You know? So 
So, you know, don't think you're, you know, your high horse can be always kicked down in a, in a blow of the wind. Anything can happen. How did you know? you so that's just that common sense, you know? How did you celebrate uh, being inducted? Oh, yeah. Uh, that was more like, uh, wow, that like, feels good. It's like, it's like, wow. And then, just like I was saying this past weekend at the expo, um, the other weekend, um, you know, being in, in, uh, honored at that place, that, that you, know, you, you know, I feel really young. I feel like I'm 25 years old, honestly. Uh, but, you know, so it's kind of surreal, you know, when people say, oh, man, you're a legend. And, you know, the, the people that come up to me looking older than me say, man, I was a kid when I saw your movie, and I'm watching, and my kids are watching your movie. So I, I'm like, you know, so it's kind of a surreal feeling. It doesn't, it's, it's like a dream. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even seem, it doesn't, it's just, it's like a, really like a dream. Cool. And it feels good, you know. Now you've been, uh, you are, you are a teacher. You're a trainer. You've had, you've accomplished so many things. You had a fitness DVDs out. What else do you have? Like, do you have something on your bucket list uh, <laughs> that you'd like to accomplish by the time yeah. you're 50 that you haven't done yet, or something yeah, well, that's major I, in your life? Yeah, there's a couple of things. One is I, I started working on a book, and then you know that takes more more um, discipline that because I'm doing so many other things. And um, the other, obviously, I, I want to make another incredible movie, so I'm working on that. Uh, I've, I've started working on something that I think a lot of people are going to benefit from, and I started working with young people years ago, and that was a dream program. And then I started doing research on uh, vision boards and things like that, and I found something that I'm creating right now, and it's it's uh, it's a it's a dream tool, and it has to do with uh, uh, it's almost like meditating and envisioning, but. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to patent it first, and then I'm going to put it out. But it's basically a way for you to achieve your dreams by seeing your dream every every day. You know, mm-hmm. but it, but it's it's not that simple because you have to be coached for the first beginning sessions on your true. Because there's so much stuff on top of your true essence. You know, you, your parents. You you're still trying to be a certain way for your parents, yeah. or for you know, um, there's all kinds of things. You know, I'm trying to be because I'm American, or I'm Christian, or I'm gay, or I'm straight. You know, all this fake stuff. Yeah, everybody's trying to fit in. That's not who they really are, you know. So before they have create their dream, they have to know who they are and what their essence is. You know, it doesn't just happen by going to church. Or it could happen, but that doesn't just happen. You have Mm -hmm. to really be uh, uh, questioned by someone that's going to be brutally honest with you. To be brutally honest with yourself, you know. And but that's what I'm working on, um, you know, and that I want to finish soon. Was there someone that did that for you who was sort of there and was brutally honest with you and made you sort of uh, You know, I took some point? seminars at Landmark Education, and that was pretty revealing. I've uh, studied some books with Anthony Robbins. I've studied uh, all kinds of books and, uh, you know, and... Uh, Certain people, you know, when you date uh, a woman that's strong, I like dating strong women. Damn, <laughs> and they, you know, sometimes and then, you know they're not puppets. They're like, yeah, but you do this, you know, yeah. you know the thing you do, you do that too, you know, <laughs> and you keep doing that, and you know, see what happens, you know, and you're like, yeah, right, yeah, sure, and you're like, yeah, she's right, Yo, yeah. you know, I better change that. That's true, you know, that's basically what it is, you know. You, you, you know, the people around you that really love you, they'll tell you who you are. Yeah, and it's, that's true. It's to the degree friends, that you, you know, yeah. to the degree that you uh, hear it. Now, they, it could be 
uh, a side of you that isn't actually you, but you, you develop that out of bad habit. You know, who you really are is not that person, but you develop that, you know, could be like cursing people out. That's not you, but that's a bad habit. Mm-hmm. You know, and people say, you know, you shouldn't do that. Then you have a habit that you know you shouldn't do, but you got to stop it. You know, you're cursing everybody out. Sometimes you're cursing the wrong people out, you know. And after your 20 to 30 year career, um, what one word would you say defines you? Love. I'd say love. Because I have a lot, you know, I have a lot of love for a lot of people and I have a lot of love for uh, my fans and, uh, and they have a lot of love for me. Yeah. So, and that's been my, my juice in life is to have that at every turn. You know, when people see me because of this movie, I, you know, people say, don't you get sick of being uh, uh, typecast or, or uh, known for that? I say, no, man, because imagine, you know, I had a, just last week a little five-year-old, beautiful little girl, little white girl uh, that was wearing the Shonaf outfit. <laughs> and her father, her father had her on, on YouTube, and he, and he and she said, "Am I the meanest?" And he said, "Show sure enough." And she said, <laughs> "She said, am I the prettiest?" And he said, "Show sure enough." And she said, uh, a bunch of those. And she said, she put a little glass now. She said, "I can't hear you." <laughs> and she said, "The show got her <laughs> You know. And then they That's came. That's gotta feel amazing. Then they just came know. to see me. They yeah. sent the video. Yeah. Then they came to see me at a signing, and I took a picture of this little cutie pie. And I was like, man, this kid's going to go, you know, they're going to show their kids. And it, it's amazing for the rest of my life, yeah. you know, I'm going to have that type of love coming my way. You know, no matter what, even if there's another movie I'm doing and it's great or better or whatever than that one, it just, they're just going to, you know, love it. You know, that's what's great. That's like, like someone it like Marvel, Rob De Niro, you know, Al Pacino, they got Scarface. They got a couple of movies that people always are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Those you are know, the ones. Those are the ones. Yeah, say hello to my little friend. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah, you know, <laughs> it's narrow. You know, you know, it's like you know, or Jack Nicholson, any of these guys. Yeah, you had that moment in history. A lot of people don't get it, so to have that, it's got to be an unbelievable feeling too. Yeah, to know that people appreciate your work. Yeah, they just, uh, they just, it's like it's love. It's, whether they know who I am, they still, you know, on some level, that character was me. Yeah. You know? And then you have a big event coming up, the pro wrestling event that yeah. fans need to know about. You need to promote There's that. a guy going around saying he's Shonuff. <laughs> and Shonuff is, you know, Julius Carey, the great actor, has passed away, and he already gave it all out there, did an incredible role, role playing Shonuff. So this character is going around wrestling as Shonuff, and he's calling me out. Oh. Okay. Uh-oh, I see really? the moves. <laughs> so we're going to have to get busy this Saturday in Simi Valley, yeah. And now, yeah. how, can, how can fans find out and go? Would it yeah, go online that's or what's it entitled? VendettaPro.com, Vendetta. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can go to my Facebook page, facebook.com backslash I am Timok. T A I M A K. I A M T A I M A K. You can find me there on Facebook or Twitter, I am Timok. Instagram, backslash I am Timok. And it's all there. You'll see. Um, how to, yeah, it's this Saturday, the 23rd. Simi Valley, California. So that's that's a go-to right there. I think I, I have to see. This. Yeah, I was like, I think I might have to, <laughs> I don't know, I might have to check that drop, out. Drop, drop kicking, spitting, yeah. smacking. <laughs> you got to do the signature moves. I'm gonna go check it out. <laughs> now we got sure. five more little questions for you here that uh, we'll let we'll let Jesse and, and Courtney ask sure. you. What's one of your most embarrassing moments mm, uh, that has just kind of always stuck out <laughs> to you? Oh God. Yeah, probably many, but I got to think of one. Oh, boy. Uh, there's some I can't say. <laughs> it's okay. too embarrassing. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. I have to think about that. Uh, okay. 
Let's go to an, uh, do you know the the drama that's been going on with TLC uh, and Pebbles? No. L.A. Reid. Okay, well we'll skip over that one. Well, I, I know Chili. I know her. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. She's big, uh, a big uh, martial arts wrestling fan, actually. Oh, okay. I didn't know if that's how you knew her. Yeah, no, I mean, she remembers me from The Last Dragon. That's how I initially met her. But, yeah, I haven't been talking in a while, but, uh, no, anyway. <laughs> Let's hope they work it out. So, what is a hidden talent that you have that maybe we don't know? Hmm. I'd say, hmm, let me think. Oh, I, I built... I did my apartment. I did all the tiles in my apartment and the marble in my bathroom, and I built a kitchen. And I never did that before, and I did a good job. So, nice. Nice. Uh, right. Do you uh, take requests as no. well? Uh, <laughs> I, like, no. I have a couple things I, I like upgrading myself that I'm not going to touch. So, uh... Do you know how to fix a headlight on a car? <laughs> right. That's true. Uh, That's true. Okay, and moving forward, writing movies and wanting to do more film, What? who is one actor or actress that you would like to work with? Gary Oldman. Oh, he's a great one. Yeah. yeah he's one of my favorite. Good one. What's your favorite Gary Oldman film? I have so many, you know. Let's say there's so many. You know, I just I was really moved how brilliant he was in Immortal Beloved. Oh yeah. The mm. Beethoven story. Yeah. But then he's got so many, so many performances. Dracula, you know, uh Fire, the Fifth Element, uh, you know, True Romance. True Romance still goes on and on. Still and on. classic, yeah. You know? Um Yeah. I mean he's like Brando in that he doesn't have to say anything. He just looks, and you get it all. You know that's what you know. That's what they say that acting is between the lines. Yeah, it's not on the line, and um, yeah, that's what he does. It's like, I mean, there's many great actors, but I love to work with him. Cool. And last but not least, the what's the craziest thing you've ever read about yourself since you've been in the public eye? Then I'm gay. That's not true because I love women. Baby. <laughs> I, love, I love women, baby. <laughs> he got up. He got there up in seat for that one. There you have it. Yeah. So if you, if you heard any rumors, he just cleared it up for you. It's all good. <laughs> now, um, could you give? I know you gave this a little bit earlier, but could you give your Twitter and your Facebook and your Instagram for the fans again? Yeah, it's facebook.com backslash I am Tymok. I A M T A I M A K. And uh, same thing with Twitter. Same thing with Instagram backslash I am Tymok. Well, thank you for joining us today. And fans, make sure you go check out his pro wrestling event because we want to see him kick some kick some butt. Some yeah, show yeah. Enough. And, so, and from show enough. And show enough. And thanks. Just going to vendettapro.com. Vendettapro.com. And, you know, things are going to get better and better for all of us. You know, we just got to keep on dreaming and keep on believing that anything is possible, even the thing you think is not possible is possible. So, yeah. I like that. That needs to be on that T-shirt as well with the Rick <laughs> with James. The Rick James. I'm working on a T-shirt. I'm telling, oh, Rick you. James. I'm telling you. Rick James. Rick James. Time off. Courtney, where can the fans find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Stuart Starlet. Jesse. At DJ Jesse J. And you can find me at Dario Kristen on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you guys for joining us today. We had our very special guest, Ty Mock the Man, <laughs> who gave us a full explanation of everything he's been working on lately. Be sure to check out his site and all of his information and go check out his event as well. And uh, we'll see you next time on Portraits. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Dario Kristen, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network. If you have questions or comments, tweet us at BHL Online or email us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. For more exclusive content, visit blackhollywoodlive.com. This has been a presentation of the Black Hollywood Live Network. Hollywood, Hollywood redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.